bad news for this week. What's that, Ross? We're one person short. I noticed. Yeah. Um, are you are you caught up on the situation, or do you, do you need me to explain what happened? Why, why don't you Why don't you explain? Because our listeners are not. Yes, very uh, we are without Dylan this week, as I'm sure you've already realized, dear listener. He was misbehaving, and we had to sell him to an undertaker for three pounds and ten shillings. Dylan had the audacity to ask for more gruel yep. this week. Much like the uh, title character in the movie we're going to be discussing, Dylan had the absolute gall to ask us for more gruel. The gall for gruel. The gall for gruel, man. And As if gruel grows on trees. Yeah, we can't accept that behavior. So, The margins are thin. Here at margins are very thin right now. So, bye Dylan. Maybe see you next week. We uh, hope it's nice undertaking. Yeah, we hope you have a good time. If it treats you well. Yeah. No, Dylan's just not feeling well. He'll be back next week, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> if the Undertaker will give if him If the back. Undertaker, uh, yeah. So, welcome to the Binge Picture Podcast. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> the podcast where each week we are going to watch all 93 now Best Picture winners at the Oscars in a completely random order. I am one of your two co-hosts for the week, joined by... Uh, Caleb, the oh, other. I didn't say my name. Hi, I'm Ross. No, you didn't. I, I jumped in. That's all right. We're just going to roll with it. Yeah, let's do it. So, uh, Caleb, before we dive into our movie for this week, did you watch the Oscars this week? I, um, as the co-host of an Oscars podcast, uh, I am proud to say, well, no, I didn't watch a second of it. Oh, uh, well. And, and I think I think everything I know about it, well, no, that's not true. It's all over the internet when it happens. So I followed along that way. I followed along with our live tweet. Of which yeah. was excellent, by the way. Greatly Thank you very that. much. Thank you. I was just putting out low effort content for three and a half hours. <laughs> Pumping it out. Yeah. We got some more followers. We did. We like doubled our follower count from like three to seven. So we're nice. doing good. That's a hundred percent return. Yeah. So all we need is next year's Oscars to get us to 10. So I'm just baffled that seven people Granted, two of those people are you and I. Yes, two of those people are us. So I, I would like to shout out our five non-us followers. It's just blows my mind that five yeah. other people care enough to follow us on Twitter. It's amazing. I know. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It, it makes me nervous to do this every week. Now I'm like, oh shit, I have an audience. We have expectations. We have an audience of five. Five people. So shout well, out no, to you, five. Yeah. <laughs> um, the stakes so- are very high. So yeah, bef- before we really dive in, I just want to say the Oscars were fucking weird, man. That's what I heard. There was like a bunch of drama at the end, which happens regularly now with the Oscars. Yeah. And so by the time this episode comes out, it'll be have been a full week. And I still don't think I'll fully understand entirely what happened. Mm. But it felt like they were building up to giving Chadwick Boseman best actor all night and doing a big tribute thing at the end of the night. Yeah. But <laughs> they so they screwed up the order of the awards and put best actor last when you know usually it's best picture right and they joaquin phoenix comes up there to hand out the award and everybody's like okay last award of the night it's best actor chadwick's getting it we're getting the huge tribute that we haven't had yeah, all we saved long. we saved it till the end and then anthony hopkins won best actor and they just kind of cut to commercial and that was it <sighs> because so, anthony hopkins didn't didn't even zoom in he's in wales and didn't even zoom in which i don't have a problem with the man's 83 like, yeah 
And for, I, he was the one best picture nominee that I didn't watch this year. And from everything I've heard, he was incredible. And I'm not upset about Anthony Hopkins winning. I'm upset about the way the Academy handled it because it was absolutely. Yeah. Now do this, do like the showrunners or the producers of the Oscars uh, show know ahead of time, the results of the ballots or no, uh, no, I don't think okay. so. So this I, was an honest, like, whoops. This was a, this was a producer going, I am so certain that Chadwick is going to win that we are going to do best actor last and give him his big tribute at the end of the night. And instead you all look like idiots. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It was awkward. Really put a downer on the night because Nomadland, Nomadland deserved to win. And if they had ended on Nomadland winning, then, you know, that's a good yeah, night. That's fine. So yeah, I just wanted to get that out there because I've, it's been bothering me for three days now. Yeah. That is bothersome. Like what a shitty uh, this is just yeah. a bummer it is it really i mean is. it's good for anthony hopkins but yeah good for anthony hopkins everything i've heard he was incredible in the father and i've never seen an anthony hopkins performance that i would say was bad right so good for anthony hopkins but academy get your shit together <laughs> <laughs> and on that note we watched another movie this week we did caleb do you want to tell us what movie we watched i would love to uh we watched oliver um with an exclamation point if you didn't catch on, um, it's from 1968. It's directed by uh, Sir Carol, Carol Reed. Wait, is, it was Carol Reed knighted? Uh, I believe so. Roger what? Ebert in um, his review of the movie called him Sir Carol Reed, and I have I have copied his words. Um, so so I, if, if we're wrong, it's Ebert's fault. Exactly. You want to hear what the movie was about, Ross? I would love to hear what the movie was about. I know I watched it yesterday, but I'd love to hear what it was about. Okay, yeah, I'll remind you. I uh, finished it up this morning. I did it in two parts this week. I did it in three parts because I was home of the home of the baby. <laughs> you, All you, right, so Sir Carol Reed, he was knighted. By he the was way. knighted. It's confirmed. Yes. So Ebert was. Uh, he knows what he's talking about. That man. I mean, I I trust Ebert. Yeah, he loved this movie, by the way. So anyway, let's hear about it. Oliver Twist is an orphan. If, if you didn't know. Um, <laughs> Uh, Oliver is played by Mark Lester in this movie. So there's a bunch of child actors, which I know oh, Ross yeah. loves. Uh, well, I didn't have a problem with the child actors in this. They one. were generally pretty strong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mark Lester was the weakest of the bunch. Yes. And of course he gets the lead. Do you know that he didn't even sing? He didn't even sing his part. No, yeah. Yeah. I looked that up there. They dubbed over his voice. There's a different credit for the, for the singer. And I believe mm -hmm. it's a, it's a, it's a girl, a grown woman. That's funny. Oh, a grown woman. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's even funnier. The one thing I thought, and we'll get into this in a second, but the uh, <laughs> Oliver Twist's Mark Lester, well, whoever is singing for Mark Lester's voice, it's like, you remember in elementary school when we got all those little recorders? Yes. Yeah, for like music class? Yes, I do. Uh, that's, it just reminded me a lot of about recorders. Which It was shrill. But, you know, he's a kid, so whatever. Yeah, whatever. <clears throat> okay, so he lives in a he lives with a bunch of other orphan boys in a workhouse in Dunstable, England. And that's the, where uh, I was. I couldn't remember where they were at first. Dunstable. I looked it up. It's like a little. It's like thirty miles northwest of London. So you're in uh, South Central England, I suppose. Um, but the film starts off with the musical number "Food, Glorious Food," uh, in which we famous see food number. Oh, f musical number. The famous musical number, I should say, concerning food. It's a concerning food number. Food, yes. Um, so we see all the orphan boys being fed gruel while the governors and owners and hoopity boopity like snobby rich guys are feasting on a very gourmet looking meal. 
Um, it looked delicious. A, it did look fantastic. You could almost smell it through the screen. Um, this is, of course, when <laughs> when Oliver approaches the um, like authoritarian caretaker, Mr. Bumble, who might have been one of my favorite characters. I loved Mr. Bumble. I liked him too. He was very uh, fun. He was played by Harry Seacombe. Um, and Oliver asks, you know, please, sir, may I have some more? Which is what Dylan did this week. And um, just like right. what we did to Dylan, uh, Oliver is punished. And mm-hmm. uh, Oliver is sold in the streets to some people who make coffins, the undertakers. Well, if, uh, before that, it's a long montage of Bumble going, boy for sale. It's a whole song, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And nobody wants to buy him. Nobody wants to buy the boy. We had the same problem with Dylan. I know. You just that's what I was, you just got to pull the trigger as soon as you get a good offer. I know. Exactly. Or any offer. Yeah. Selling boys is hard work. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the coffin makers insults his mother uh, pretty quickly, and Oliver fights back, um, and he winds up getting thrown into the cellar, and he sings a song called Where is Love about how hard his life has been thus far. I mean, it has been a hard life. Nine, he's, what, nine years old working in a workhouse, and then he gets sold to an undertaker. Yeah, it's not ideal to, for, for, for the age of nine. Um, no. Not good. Uh, he finishes singing and escapes through the window and journeys off to London, as nine-year-olds are very equipped to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and in London, he meets the Artful Dodger. Jack Wilde is the, the kid's name. Artful Dodger. Yes. Who, uh, got, art- who got nominated for an Oscar for this movie. What What Oscar? Best Supporting Actor. Really? Yes. I would love to the, see... Yeah, you're probably going to reveal it. One of the 11 nominations this movie got. Oh, I was going to say, I'd love to see a breakdown. Like, is this the youngest Best N- Supporting Actor nomination ever? Or um, like, what's He's the, definitely uh, close, but I don't think he's the youngest um, to ever get nominated. That'll be something that'll be cool to learn. Yes, um, I'll, I'll, I'll do some research while we record. Okay. Um. The Artful Dodger sings Oliver a little song called Consider Yourself um, and takes this, I think Oliver it's the second song. of the insanely catchy songs in the first act. Consider Yourself was my favorite song. It's the one that's been stuck in my head all week. It's, it's so. number two for me. Really? Mine's coming up soon, so we'll get to it when it pops up. Uh-huh. Um, so the Artful Dodger takes Oliver to a hideout for pickpockets in a loft, which it's like this dingy attic space that <laughs> you could probably rent today in London, like that exact space for like 3000 US dollars. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, per month. Ridiculous rent now dingy. And whenever this was set. <laughs> um, I mean, it's Victor- it's mid 19th century England. If it's not bougie, it's disgusting. Exactly. There's, not There's a lot no of in between. between. Also, um, but Jack yep. Wilde is not the youngest Oscar nominee. Okay. The youngest was Justin Henry in 1980 for Kramer versus Kramer. He was eight years old. Wow. I bet he led a normal life after, after when eight. We, when we get to 1980, I'll do some more research into it. Okay. We'll learn about him. Um, so this is a hideout for young boy pickpockets, and all the pickpockets are led by Fagan, who's played by Ron Moody. Who was awesome. He I was loved awesome. his performance. This was like the... Uh, a-list actor they were able to nail down he wasn't very well known in a, in the united states at the time though super but big in england he was he, he originated the role on broad uh, not broadway but in england the, yeah I the think. english equivalent he did yeah um so he was brought in to reprise his role in the in the film version mm-hmm. pretty cool and he sang my favorite song pick a pocket or two yes he teaches the boys about pickpocketing through everyone's favorite 
instructional method, the sing song. Of course. Um, Kids love songs. Yeah, and he sings Got to Pick a Popular too. Uh, we're shortly introduced to Nancy, who's played by Shani Wallace, who's a prostitute, and her boyfriend, the burglar, Bill Sykes. Played by um, Oliver Reed, who was Oliver Reed. also very good. Yeah. I love Oliver Reed. All the boys hit on Nancy, and Nancy is especially impressed with Oliver's manners, and the two begin to bond. And then one day, Fagan sends the boys out for a nice long day of stealing, and Oliver and the Artful Dodger pair up. But when they're out, um, Oliver gets, he gets caught, and he is arrested. Um, and he's taken away and at his trial, a bookkeeper proclaims that Oliver is actually innocent. Like he's a witness to the crime or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, because basically the artful Dodger was the one doing the artful the, stealing. I, I just want to say, is he really that artful if all of his dodging techniques are just hauling ass out of there? <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> the, I don't, artful must come from the, uh, the deft, uh, the actual stealing part. Mm-hmm. Not the, it's not the dodging part. part. No, no, they're two, they're don't, they're two yeah. separate names. <laughs> um, so Oliver was basically in the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, and mm-hmm. so at, at his trial, a gentleman named Brownlow, who's played by Joseph O'Connor, who was also super big in England at the time. Yeah, he was the so pickpocket well victim, correct? Um, he was, he was, yeah. yes. So he was the, uh, the man that Startful Dodger stole from and he turned around and saw Oliver standing there and was like arrest him um but he he actually volunteers to take Oliver in like as an act of charity um being that he's an orphan and all so meanwhile back at the hideout Fagin Bill um and all the boys are plotting a way to kidnap Oliver back and bring him back to the hideout before the he tells the authorities Mm -hmm. where Fagin and Sykes are because Sykes has a lot of stolen goods he does as does Fagin I mean I mean, they're they're career criminals. It's understandable. So that's actually the end of Act One. So we have a little on-screen intermission, which I appreciated because it told me it was a good time to take a break. Yes, for me it was. It it didn't. It just kind of ended and went back to the main menu at intermission. Really? And the disc wasn't labeled, so I didn't realize for like five minutes. Oh, I just have to flip the disc over. You're like, wow, that's a weird ending. I was like, what the? (laughs) No, it said intermission, and then it cut to black, and I was like, wait, where's the second half of the movie? (laughs) This is a one disc box. (laughs) I'm glad you figured that out, Ross. Yeah, I am too. Because Act Two was by far like it was the superior act, in in my really. Yes, I really enjoyed Act Two. I was much more into it. I was much more into it to act in Act One than I was in Act Two. Okay, the beginning of Act Two, I think, was incredible. The uh, the first song, the Who Will Buy song. Yes, that whole number was amazing. It was pretty good. It, it dragged on a little bit too long for me, mm-hmm. but the reasons I liked Act Two were probably the exact reasons you didn't like it. It was so much darker. Yeah, it's was, such a tone shift. Like the first half is so much shift. fun and lighthearted, and all these kids just having fun picking pockets and stealing shit. Yeah. The second half then, is like Bill Sykes is going to kill these children. Shit gets real. Uh, the stakes are much higher. I don't know. I was just much more um, involved, I think, mm-hmm. in the uh, in the second act for some reason. But um, yeah, it starts off with Who Will Buy. It's a song about how great the morning is and how great everything is. It's in the posh um, neighborhood where mm-hmm. Brownlow lives. And we see all these really well-to-do vendors and citizens wandering about the clean streets of London as opposed to at the beginning of the first act where it's these destitute children rotting away in a disgusting um, workhouse. Exactly. It's basically saying Oliver is really kind of enjoying himself staying with the Brownlows. Um, and he is. I mean, one day he sent with a bunch of money to go return some books to the bookstore and to make a payment. 
um, there. And uh, unfortunately, along the way, he is kidnapped yes, by, uh, by Bill Sykes and the Arthur and Nancy because and Nancy. Although Nancy um, doesn't want to, and Nancy is kind of abused into it. Yes, Nancy's very concerned about Oliver's well-being um, and his like, you know, keeping his name clean and keeping his nose out of trouble. So that'll that'll come back into the story here momentarily. Mm-hmm. Um, Oliver, when they get, he gets back to the hideout, he insists he's like swears he didn't tell anyone about anything, but Bill Sykes is not having it. And this is where the evil side of Bill Sykes starts to sort of creep in. Like the um, really dark side. Yeah, he tries to whip Oliver with his belt and Nancy does step in and defuse the situation. Also, there's another great slap take in this scene. Uh, slap takes are becoming somewhat of a recurring um, occurrence yeah. in a, in the Binge Picture podcast. We had um, one in Miniver. This is one in Oliver. Did we have another one? Um, I feel like we had to have had one. It happened one night and I'm just not remembering it. Yes, uh, with uh, with Claudette Colbert and her father at the very beginning. Yes, you're and right. I think so there was one in Binge Pick, or I'm sorry, in um, Beautiful Mind. I think I'm not. It wouldn't know. shock. I know there was not one in Spotlight because that's not yeah. exactly a movie where you're going to find a slap. Take. Not a lot of slapping. Yeah, but so we're we have three confirmed and three, maybe four. There's a lot of slap takes in in Best Picture winners. That's what we're finding out. Uh, Fagan tries to calm Sykes down and bring him back from the precipice, but uh, Sykes wraps his hands around Fagan's neck and threatens to make him squawk like a chicken um, and wring his neck. I think this is probably my favorite scene. Um, The lighting drops and Fagan's face is illuminated and you can Mm -hmm. see Bill's giant hands wrapped around his neck and just the fear in his eyes and Bill's really deep brooding ominous voice talking oh, about all, talking about crushed dude, it. it was a wonderful scene he talks about how chickens like anticipate they're about to be slaughtered and they start squawking before it happens and like it's just so dark i like dark it gets it, it goes from lighthearted and fun to oh shit this is getting really dark so really fast. fast so fast um, and the whole secret, I mean, after that, Fagan sings a song about how he's starting to question how villainous he really has it within him to be. Um, and he starts kind of doubting his, his career because <laughs> his career choices. Um, and oh. he even like flirts with abandoning the whole crime operation to run away and like retire from a life of crime. Mm-hmm. Also, so, I'm sorry. My mic just picked up my phone vibrating. I didn't hear it. You're probably okay, dying. Good. I'm sorry if my, uh, Mike is picking up my cat digging in the litter box in the next room over because it's kind of absurd. I have not heard that at all. So, just ridiculous, ridiculous animals. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Brownlow is starting to suspect that Oliver might be the son of his niece who ran away um, inexplicably several years prior. There is a portrait hanging on the wall in his study that Oliver looks suspiciously like it's kind of funny how much mm-hmm. that the portrait is the spitting like girl version spitting image girl version of Oliver mm-hmm. and then um, Sykes yeah. takes um, Sykes takes Oliver onto a home invasion yeah burglary not home well it is a home invasion but it's more of a burglary kind mm-hmm. of thing and uh, Oliver botches it he knocks over a bunch of things and wakes up the homeowners um, and Bill is pissed and he has his dog guard Oliver to make sure he doesn't run off. Um, and he's progressively becoming more violent and more unhinged. And so Nancy sneaks over to the Brownlow's home during all of this to notify them that Oliver did not run away from them, that he was kidnapped 
Um, and she's trying to clear Oliver's name and she's clearly fearing more and more for Oliver's safety at this point. Um, and he arranged, or she arranges for Brownlow to meet her at midnight on the London bridge where she says she'll bring Oliver to him. Um, and so that night, Nancy starts a big loud drinking song in the pub where Bill and Oliver are, uh, which is also very catchy. Um, yes. Everybody knows. That was good. Yeah, thank you. We should we should have been humming bars from these numbers the whole time. We'll do a musical episode eventually. We got Absolutely. Like, there's nine other be- musicals that have won Best Picture, I think. So one of the one of the nine. We'll make sure it's a musical episode. <laughs> um, but but the purpose of this big drinking song is to make a giant distraction. And uh, while during the the crazy singing and dancing, she sneaks Oliver out the back door. Um, but Bill Sykes does notice, unfortunately, and he catches up with Nancy near the London Bridge and um, uh, yeah, ends up killing her in cold blood. With a, with a cane. With a cane. Um, the dog runs away from the crime scene. He's very spooked and very scared of Bill Sykes at this point. Yes. Um, and he brings he leads the police back to the crime scene and to Nancy's body. The dog um, had a redemption arc, which I appreciated. He did. The dog was... was uh, he was a good boy in the end he was a good boy my cat hated the dog my dog napped through the whole movie so he had no opinion my literally okay obviously cats have been a recurring theme thus far in yes, the few episodes yes. that we have the uh, a lot of audio interference a mm-hmm. lot of disruption but uh so my cat when uh i think the dog's name was bullseye yes there's a lot bullseye. of barking in this whole in, in the second act there's a lot of barking my little kitten Leo, who's like only a couple months old, poofed up like a hundred percent poofed up into a giant ball of poof and hissed and arched his back, and he was not enjoying Bullseye. It was very See, funny. Yeah, my my dog Zeus was passed out on the couch. Did not care. <laughs> um. Yeah. So there's a big police chase. Um. They're chasing uh, Bill Sykes, who uses Oliver, Oliver as a hostage. Yep. Um, trying to get away and they're running across the roofs of London and Bill Sykes is shot dead. Um, And then, you know, the Dodger and Fagan reunite after this kind of away from all of the commotion and run Mm -hmm. off literally into the sunset. Which was Um, just a great scene. It was. Those two are awesome. I love those two. (laughs) Yeah. They, they run off to continue their life of crime together. Um, And then Oliver returns to live with the Brownlows who he now knows to be his real family. Yes, and that's the movie. That's the plot right there. That was it. So um, before we get into our thoughts, we did text Dylan and get his thoughts on the movie. So let me pull these up on my phone real quick. Well, we did. We texted a lot today. Oh, here it is. Dylan says, and I quote, Dylan for once enjoyed a movie that was not modern. This is mainly due to the fact that Dylan is a huge slut for musicals and well-crafted choreography. <laughs> <laughs> story is great and music is on point and dylan gives it an 8.5 out of 10 damn that's i always High forget praise. how much dylan and you like musicals i do i'm well see, i'm really picky about my musicals mm-hmm. I, they're either hit or miss and this one i agree with dylan this one's a big hit i loved it yeah i i, I think i liked it it's safe to say slightly less than both of you but I mean, yes. it was it was good it was enjoyable i did really like the second act i think because it was less musically um which is just my taste i, I don't know mm. i'm not huge into musicals but um yeah it was it was entertaining it was a little long yeah oh, uh, that was that's my biggest complaint it's just a little bit too long yeah it's definitely a a play <laughs> yes you can it's yes it's definitely an adaptation of a musical 
like a stage, for, like the classical on stage, yeah, for yeah. better or for worse. Exactly. Um, that's a that's a really astute assessment, actually. That's yeah, um, I really, really want to talk about Ron Moody's performance. Oh, it was so as Fagan. I was watching his. I was watching. You've got to pick a pocket or two, and I was like, "This motherfucker's moving like Jim Carrey." Like I know this is like a Jim Carrey role. Absolutely exaggerated, fluid movements. And the, the hunchback kind of, and just yeah, the goofy the, nature. The inflections he was putting into the way he was singing, he felt like a Jim Carrey role. Like if they remade Oliver right now, I'd be like Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey's Fagin. Absolutely, I completely agree. Um, he, he just he slid everywhere so silkily and he was just it was perfect because he's like this old gross pickpocket man who lives with a bunch of yeah he just encapsulated everything about the Mm -hmm. character and i'm i'm pretty upset he didn't win best actor yeah you want to talk about the uh the nominees i would love to talk about the uh nominees for best actor do you want like best actor this year or best picture i suppose just a recap of of all the nominations yeah okay so oliver Oliver came home with 11 total nominations and it won six. So obviously it won best picture and then it came home with wins in best director for Carol Reed. Sir Carol Reed. Sir Carol Reed, of course. And it got art direction, sound, score. So there's five. And then it also won an honorary Oscar because the Academy was like, this choreography is so fucking good. We have to give them something Mm -hmm. like the, the choreographer got, um, an honorary Oscar for it. And then it was nominated best actor for Ron Moody, which I really think he should have won. He was incredible. Who did win? Um, Cliff Robertson in Charlie. Okay. Which I have no idea about that. Yeah. Uh, Me neither. Let's see. Then we got a best supporting actor for Jack Wilde as the artful Dodger. And then best adapted screenplay, best cinematography, best costume design, best film editing, and that's it. I just forgot to put a parenthesis at the end of that, so I thought there was more. That's quite a haul. Yeah, oh, eleven nominations and six wins. That might be the most we've had, win-wise um, at least. Yeah, I think win-wise it must be. Spotlight had two. A Beautiful Mind had four. It happened one night. Had five. I think Miniver won six. Miniver had a ton. Yeah. Um, that's the only competition, though. Whatever, it, yeah. whatever it was. See, we've already forgotten. <laughs> so this is a really heavily awarded movie. Yeah. Um, which I, I think it deserved everything it got, and I think honestly, it should have won a couple more. Really, it very well could have. I think this is. Um, we often talk of Oscar bait. Would you classify no, this as that? I don't. I, most musicals, I won't classify as Oscar bait. If That's they a good are point. Adaptations of a musical, like there's some original musicals, like La La Land. I think that was kind of yeah. Oscar baity. Mm-hmm. Um, but something like this or Chicago in 2002, I don't necessarily consider them Oscar bait. I just think they are really fucking good movies. Fair. I think I agree. I think I don't think you can be. La La Land might throw a dagger in this theory. I don't think you can be Oscar bait if you're a musical. I think maybe in the 60s you could have been because musicals were huge in the 60s. I know that there were at least two musicals that ended up with Best Picture. It was Oliver and West Side Story, and I Mm -hmm. feel like there may have been one more. But doing a musical now, I don't think it's quite the same. Yeah, it's it's. I guess you can't really compare it. Mm -hmm. Um, One, I had a couple other notes I wanted to talk about real quick. Um, Shit, never mind. 
we already talked about a lot of this. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, apparently, Mark Lester, who played Oliver, is now an acupuncturist. Oh, good for him. Yeah. Jack Wilde passed away in the 2000s. Really? Yeah. Oh, he that makes Oliver me sad. Reed both, he and Oliver Reed both died not too far apart from each other. Oh. Because Oliver Reed, um, you've seen Gladiator, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know the guy that buys Maximus and trains him to be a gladiator? Yeah. That's that's Oliver Reed. Right. And he died filming Gladiator. Wait, really? Yeah. Like he, he, during? Yeah. Since Gladiator won Best Picture, I'm going to save the story for another time. Okay. But you um, have absolutely intrigued me, though. That's I crazy. know. I'm I'm holding on to this for. I did not uh, know the Gladiator episode because I fucking love Gladiator, and I hope we get it really soon. Gladiator is great. I hope we get a lot of. There's there's a list yeah. of ones I'm very excited for. And there's and, a list of some where I look and I'm like, I don't want to fucking watch that. Oh. <laughs> at you gone with the wind. <laughs> yeah. Oh God! With our luck, when we spin the wheel here in a couple minutes, it's gonna be. Gone with the wind. Gone with the wind. Yeah. Anyways, um, so Caleb, one to ten, what would you give? Oliver? It's a it's a six point five. Another point uh, five. I know. See, I struggled with this because I don't I don't like it better than Miniver Spotlight. Really, I liked it way better than both of those. Really, but yeah. I I just don't I don't think it's I don't think it's worse. Mm-hmm. Like none of these are bad films, objectively speaking. Except a beautiful the, mind. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Except <laughs> a beautiful mind. So I just put it about. I put it about the same in my head. So yes, another right. another point five, six point five. All right. Um, I gave it a seven point five earlier, but I might bump it up to an eight. Ooh. I just loved the choreography, the direction, and the song. It was just so much fun. It's just really fun. It was fun um, for most of the movie. The first act was super fun. <laughs> yes. So aggregate score, 7.66, which makes it our overall highest rated movie so far. Hey, very nice. Dylan's really low score for It Happened One Night really dragged that one down. And then it's another reason why we sold them this week. Yeah, I know. How can you not like Clark Gable, man? Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's because this is gonna be the movie. one episode he listens to and he's never gonna come back is he <laughs> no dylan we need you dylan come back uh, oh shit right. anything uh, else what, what else we got um, bef- before we get to year in film this is episode five wow so, that's a whole hand i know whole, whole foot a whole hand or foot worth foot's worth of movies so caleb rank them five to one. Oh shit Oh boy, you're throwing me under. Like this is a lot of pressure. Um, I know. I know. That's why. I want, that's why I didn't tell you about this beforehand. I wanted to see how you reacted. Five to one. Five being my least favorite, or f- yes, five is your least favorite. Okay. Okay, that's easy. Um, a beautiful mind. Yep. That, I am. I am of the same opinion. <clears throat> I'm gonna go spotlight four. Okay, we've already got a difference. Okay, Miniver three. It happened one night. Two. Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa I whole, forgot yeah, about whole, wait Oliver. A you forgot to put Oliver on there. Hold oh on my second. god! Whoa! Pump the brakes. Okay, so five. A beautiful mind. Uh, now this is much harder. Yeah, are you on spotlight or Oliver at four? Because I know I'm, you got Miniver in three. Yeah, I'm got gonna Miniver put. Up there. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna put spotlight for Oliver three, Miniver two, and it happened one night one. 
right? So we have the same five and we have the same one. I've got a beautiful mind at five. And then I've got Miniver fourth, Spotlight third, Oliver second. And it happened one night as one. Okay. What do you think Dylan's ranking is? Because I want to, I know he has a, a beautiful mind is his bottom one for sure. Yep. I think Oliver is his top. And I think, yep. well, this is pure speculation. Um, so we'll have to ask him again next week. But I yeah. think, I think Oliver won spotlight two. No, I think Miniver's in fourth. Yeah. I think, I think he's got it happen one night third. I think. Anyways, he's not here to. Which means testify. we're probably completely wrong. I mean, honestly, probably. He, for all we know, he has a beautiful mind first. Wouldn't that be just the largest curveball of all time? Especially after the, the amount of shit he talked in that episode. I know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll ask him and we'll, uh, we'll, have we'll that. amend his rankings. Yes, we'll have that next week. All right. Um, so on to year in film, which is certainly a good year. Yeah, I know. I was looking at this. So 1968, we had the release of Oliver. We had the original Charlton Heston Planet of the Apes movie. We had Sergio Leone's Once Upon a Time in the West. Mm. Uh, Roman Polanski's Rosemary's Baby. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen If? If? No, I haven't. It's a Malcolm McDowell movie about a student who rebels at his school. Um, it's certainly a movie. I'm not going to spoil the ending of it, but I will say it's certainly not a movie you could make now. Like, I don't want to be the guy that's like, oh, you can't make movies now like you did back then. But like, if you watch If, you'll know. Okay. You cannot I have, make that movie now. I have some idea. I trust you. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, I think it's on Canopy if you want to watch it. But oh, very good. If came out in 1968. And then um, one of the better Godzilla movies, Destroy All Monsters, came out. Yes, it did. Um, and then there's the big one from 1968, 2001, a space odyssey, which uh, it's fucking 2001, man, dude. I know. And I, I would love to have been alive in 1968 and to absorbed contemporary opinions about the movie. Cause I'm not really sure. Did people love Um, it? I don't know. Was Let it, me pull it up. Was it weird? Because well, I mean, it's two thousand one. It's always going to be weird. Yeah, but was it like unrelatably weird? I don't know. It's nineteen sixty eight. People probably. So the film, according to Wikipedia, the film received diverse critical responses, ranging from those who saw it as darkly apocalyptic to those who saw it as an optimistic reappraisal of the hopes of humanity. Hmm. I'm sure there was a lot of "Oh man, whoa man." It received both praise and derision. My mind is just totally fucked, man. New York-based critics were especially harsh. And Kubrick called them them dogmatically atheistic and materialistic and earthbound. (laughs) That's such a a Kubrickian response. I love it. And speaking of Kubrick, this was the year he got his one and only Oscar of his lifetime. Yes, um, I was a little surprised that it wasn't, um, was it nominated for Art Direction? Um, it got four nominations. Let me scroll through the nominations. I feel like it wasn't. It definitely didn't win until I, Oliver won um, for yeah. Art Direction, and I was just, I think I was so, pondering that. I don't know if that's the right choice. Kubrick got nominated for Best Director, which he lost to Sir Carol Reed. And then it got Best Original Screenplay, which it lost. It lost Best Art Direction. And it lost special effects. 
No, it won special effects. It won special. Right, right. Okay. That's the only Kubrick, that's the only Oscar that Stanley Kubrick won in his entire life. That's just uh, it's still as shocking to me. I know. The Muppets have the same amount of Oscars as Stanley Kubrick, <laughs> which is f- so much fucking fun <sighs> when you think about it. That is pretty good. <laughs> that's a fun the, fact. And the Muppets have less nominations, so the Muppets are more efficient. <laughs> <laughs> God damn you, Academy. Oh, God. The other one that came out this year was Battle for Algier, which... Oh, uh, shit. I forgot to put that on my list. Yeah, Battle for Algier. I very much love. um, Completely understand, given the political, uh, the geopolitical status of the world in 1968, why that wasn't more um, appreciated. Although it did, it was nominated for a couple. Like, uh, best uh, original screenplay, I think. Um... And maybe one of the international films, but it that was I think that was my favorite movie from from this year that I've well, seen. Battle for Algiers is credited as a nineteen sixty six release. So the um oh interesting thing is it was banned for a few years. And okay, it was yeah. Very hard to get in like Western countries. Yeah, so it screened at Venice in 66 and then it got released in... Yeah, it was like it came out in Italy and then like France was like, fuck that, dude. We got like that's, you know, we don't want to be reminded about what actually happened. Mm -hmm. Um, It's funny because it's a completely objective movie. Mm -hmm. uh, 68 was a fucking stacked year, dude. Yeah. Um, And Oliver swept it. Yeah, but again, Oliver's great. I loved it, man. Oliver was so much fun. Um, well, it was it was it was pretty good it was fine <laughs> yeah i was uh, i will say this i was a little disappointed when we found out it was oliver because we rolled 41 and i was like oh shit we yeah there's the- there's like movies on either side of that that would be yeah like the godfather's really 45 so like yeah we were so close to the godfather <laughs> Sound of Music's close by. Oh, Lawrence I don't like the Sound of Music, dude. I don't like, Oh, really? Yeah, I, I'd much rather prefer watching Oliver to the Sound of Music. I haven't seen The Sound of Music in years. This is when Dylan would be like, guys, we'll talk about it later. Move on. Yes, it would be, yes. And another reason why we had to sell him to The Undertaker. <laughs> we can't talk. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Now, we got to spin this wheel of watching and go get Dylan back. Yes. All right. You ready? Dude, I'm fucking ready. Okay. a good one. What's the Here number? Here it goes. What's that number? Oh boy, I don't know what the number is, but I made this cool little spreadsheet that uh, pulls up the name. So this is uh, A Man for All Seasons is what I got. Oh, that's an early one, I think. It sounds early. Oh, no. Oh, we literally just Whoa. jumped two years forward or backwards. It's 1966. Yep. A Man for All Seasons, 1966. Let's next up. 39? Yes, it'll be 39. Um, on our list which also makes this the first repeat decade we have not had yeah we're stopping in the 60s for a second Uh, i I dig the 60s dude i'm about it i'm i'm pulling up the 31st and we're obviously not going to talk about it now but i'm going to pull up 66 and film and we're just going to see how and check it out real quick anyway um join us next monday next monday man for all seasons watch along if you want to if not I'll tell you about it before we, um, before we go, yeah. I would l- just so people can watch along if they want to, I'm going to pull up and see where we can stream this. If we can, let's just see, have the people watch along with us at home. 
I'm sorry, it's taking so long. My computer. No, 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 it's okay. Um, I've been renting most of these movies on Google Play, which I've recently learned Google Play for movies and TV is uh, migrating to YouTube. So I'm not going to be able to do that anymore. Well, A Man for All Seasons is not available to stream on any free services like Netflix. Well, not free, but like you don't get it with Netflix or Prime. Check it out at your local library, ladies and gentlemen. That's what I've been doing. Hey, Although it's yeah. also four dollars at Google, and that's, um, that's what I'll be doing. It's three dollars on Amazon. Ooh, okay, maybe I'll go. Maybe I'll switch to Amazon this week. All right, y'all. Right, well, one last thing before we go, Caleb, you have a very interesting background on your computer right now. <laughs> <laughs> Oliver is many people. Many people know. Many people might not know. Oliver was remade by the Walt Disney Corporation um, using animals. So uh, I have uh, placed my Zoom background as uh, the cast from Oliver and Company from the Walt Disney Company, which just came out which in the 80s. Which features the voice talents of Cheech Marin as a Chihuahua and Billy Joel as the Artful Dodger, which is just incredible. Yes, sir. That one's so. available on Disney+. Plus. So if you don't want to watch the two and a half hour Oliver from the 60s, at least go watch the cute animal one from Disney from the 80s. Or don't give Disney your money pirate it anyway i didn't say that well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. all right we will we'll before be back i get in next trouble week. next time next time everybody